This is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and sports seem to be a big part of it. And often we may not feel good enough. I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here reviewing a clinical report recently published by the American Academy of Pediatrics on how we help support and nurture sports in our kids and how we can prevent what are called overuse injuries. That's injuries that come from kind of doing the same thing over and over again that taxes our body. Think of things like tendinitis, um, stress fractures, um, and then the psychological effects, burnout, isolation, an overwhelm. And ideally, you know, we all want our kids to participate in sports and um, we want them to feel connected and excited about them. Not every child does, but we know about 60 million school age kids are involved in sports. It's still predominantly boys. So even after Title IX <laughs> and all the work we've done over the last decades to get girls and boys equally involved, about 66% of child athletes are girl or are boys, excuse me, and about 34% are girls. But the, the statistic in here that, that I want to talk about today is this next one, which is about 27% of those school-age athletes are only doing one sport. And that's a trend that's the, that this um, clinical report details from the Council on Sports Medicine at the American Academy of Pediatrics, that there's more and more likelihood at younger ages to have kids do one single sport or what's called specialized sport. So now it's less common to have multi-sport athletes in middle and high school. I mean, as kids get older, and I think you look around and this is just kind of obvious that in the United States, they might play a bunch of different sports when they're, you know, in preschool even and early in early grade school. And then by the time they're in middle school, they're a swimmer or they're a lacrosse player or they're a football player um, or they're on the baseball team. And that's kind of all they're doing and they're doing it year round. And so what we're trying to determine is what does that do for sporting? What does that do for lifelong athletics? What does that do for a child's benefit from all these sporting activities? Because this has been found that this single sport specialization, so having a kid really start playing only one sport early, that and they define that really by before puberty, like age 15, 16. So anytime you've got your 7, 9, 11, 12, 13-year-old only doing one sport kind of around the clock, we know that that has increased the likelihood of overuse injuries it's increasing overtraining, which is detrimental to an athlete's health. And it's it's increasing burnout. And that's the one that's a really big deal, too. If your kid pitters out because they're on this select soccer team and they're going all over and all you do is do soccer, and you start doing that when they're you know kicking those balls around at age three, by the time they're 14, they may not want to play soccer anymore. You know, It may not be a part of their um, high school or collegiate career. And to keep it in perspective, I think some parents do this because they've got these hopes for scholarship or involvement at national levels. But you know, we know as many as 70% of these kid athletes are, you know, discontinuing playing in organized sports by the time they're 13. So if you've got this seven-year-old only doing one thing around the clock, seven out of 10 of them are going to discontinue doing it by the time they're finishing middle school. And and really, like, only 3 to 11% of high school athletes go on to play sports in college. So it is not only not the majority, but it's a small minority of kids who will stick with these sports and use them at the collegiate level and certainly even get kind of a scholarship. I mean, it's only 1% of high school athletes who actually receive any scholarships. And then this is like staggering, 0.3 to a half a percent of high school athletes actually reach the professional levels of sports. So, I mean, let's face it, most of us do not have an Olympiad in our midst, <laughs> let alone most of us do not have an athlete who's going to get a scholarship, let alone most of us don't have an athlete who's ever going to be a pro professional. So 
the primary benefit and guidance, I think, for parents, we have to kind of zoom back out and be like, what are sports for? And there's some really nice guidelines that talk about um, that were developed way back in the 1990s where you kind of thought about how do you help nurture a long-term athlete? Because that's really part of the big goal. You make sure early in their life they're having fun. Then you help them train to train. Like you teach them that. Then you train them to compete. Then you train them to win, right? And then they retire <laughs> or they retrain. And we see that with all sorts of professional athletes. But, you know, I think some of this drive to have our kids do things over and over and over again and become a profound expert comes from kind of like the Tiger Woods story or some of the data that the media has misrepresented on this kind of 10,000 hours philosophy. The idea that the only way you become an expert is that you do something for 10,000 hours repeatedly and you get so good at it. It's muscle memory and cognitive memory and profound, unique, um, both fitness, agility, and expertise. And this research really points out that, in fact, some of the best world-class athletes, athletes haven't done 10,000 hours. And, and many athletes who have spent 10,000 hours at one particular activity or endeavor aren't actually very good at it. So throw the 10,000-hour thing out. There's not data that actually conforms over to children and their experience in sports. I mean, the benefits of sports that are run by evidence and data, and like our own life experience, right, is they get this physical activity which we want. We lo I love to have kids plugged into these team sports because it's, there's regimen to it and they can get daily activity. But the other data-driven benefits of sports for kids are that they socialize. They're part of a group they wouldn't otherwise be. They learn how to kind of, you know, have teamwork and leadership skills. We know without question that being involved in sports and team sports does increase self-esteem in kids. And the bottom line is we want this ultimately to be fun. And sometimes I think we get lost because we develop kind of all these different goals. The U.S. Olympic Committee created with national governing bodies really some principles to say, okay, what's the development model that you really want for a kid to be successful? And this is actually thinking about Olympiads, right? What's, if you really want an Olympiad, and if you think you've got one, this is what you want to do. So you want, at first, kids to discover, learn, and play. So when they're between the age of birth and 12, you want sports to all be about discovery, learning, and playing. Not playing a sport, but like playing, using their bodies, connecting with people, being goofy, and being joyful. The second stage is develop and challenge. So that's when kids kind of get into the tween years and on. So between 10 and 16, what you want them to do is just developing their sports and their athletic performance, and, and they want them to be challenged. Late puberty. Late adolescence is when you want to think about specialization. So that's what they call train and compete. So between age 13 and 19, where remember, because of the way we're doing things right now in part, only like 7 out of 10 kids have already dropped out by age 13. <laughs> so in an ideal world, if they were having so much fun and just playing along when they were kids, they may have gotten to this point where um, they would be training and competing. And then excel for high performance and succeed is really for kids over 15 so that they really get to mentor and thrive for a lifetime some of these like skills and some of the sporting going forward. So a couple of just general rules as you think about this. So, you know, if your kid is already totally specialized, it's not too late. It doesn't matter how old they are. Think about doing another sport and designing it for your kids so that it's really about playfulness and socialization and fun. The primary focus until about 15 or 16 for a child's benefit to avoid injury, to avoid overtraining, and to avoid burnout and be a long-term successful athlete is not specialization. In fact, it might be multi-sports. So multiple sports at least until puberty decreases all these stresses and all these risks. 
specializing in sports later. I can't say this clearly enough. And I'm going to take it from the academy. Specializing in sports later, that means late adolescence, leads to a higher chance of them accomplishing their athletic goals. So if your kid wants to play MLB baseball, if he continues to play soccer or football or on the swim team or um, lacrosse when he's young, he's more likely to reach his goals in that single sport later on in life. Early diversification of these sports actually creates a greater lifetime chance of being an athlete. And that's kind of amazing. It also increases the likelihood of them being an elite athlete. And we know it. We have these stories. Like, remember, wasn't it like um, Michael Jordan who went back and tried baseball after he retired? I mean, like, athletes are athletes, right? And they can move from sport to sport. And having those multiple skills from different may really serve your young athlete. If your kid has decided that he only wants or she only wants to do one sport, then be realistic. The discussion may really involve, like, distinguishing their goals from the goals of you, the parent, or the goals of the coach. I remember when my boys were starting soccer and actually like a neighborhood gathering, an adult or excuse me, a parent to now adult kids or maybe kind of like college kids said, you know, just remember as your kids start sports, you can only be one person. There's a coach, there's an athlete, and there's, you know, the player. Uh, or there's a coach, there's an athlete, there's, sorry, there's a coach, there's the player, and then there's the parent. Like you should only be the parent. And it's not about performance or how well they do. It's about how much fun they have. Like, you just want to be on the sideline saying, like, I love seeing you do this. I don't care if you got a goal or not. I care that you had fun when you were doing this. That's actually how your kid's going to likely be driven to be really successful. You have to monitor them to avoid these overuse injuries. And some really nice tips are having at least a total of three months off during the year in increments of one month from one particular sport is really helpful to avoid burnout, to avoid isolation, and to improve that they, you know, the likelihood that a child remains in that sport. Okay, so here's your kid. They play tennis like crazy. Um, they love tennis. You think, gosh, they may, they may play tennis for a lifetime. Great. They should be taking three one-month chunks off during the year where they're not playing tennis, where they're just doing something else. That will actually really improve the likelihood that they succeed in their goals. The other thing, so one to two days off every week from a particular sport decreases the likelihood of injuries. So it's not seven days a week. It's not even probably six days a week. Five days a week of any kind of activity, even as kids get older, is is important. And then just making sure that really, like, you're thinking about sports as just a part of their life and it's not such a dominant part and that we're really kind of checking in with our kids. So here's the bottom line. Single sport specialization before the age of 15 or 16 isn't going to serve your kids psychologically and likely won't serve them as an elite athlete or even a high school or college participating athlete. You will likely lead to more injuries if they're only in one sport, and you'll likely learn, learn to burn out and kind of dropping out of sports in general. Give your kids a break. One, if they're a great soccer player, they should be taking a month off three separate times a year and make sure every single week we're thinking about one to two days off every week from sports so that they're not pounding those bodies for those overuse injuries. I think this is kind of a load off. Like, I feel so much better about saying, like, okay, we're going to do a couple different sports throughout the year. We're only going to do this for fun. And if one of my little boys at home turns out to be a really great, keen athlete and loves one sport, I got to govern that and monitor that so he doesn't go kind of crazy too early so that he ends up not being the one who drops out and still is participating in athletics in high school and college. Because I want him to have all those socialization benefits, all that self-esteem benefit, and all that benefit that comes from the fun and leadership skills they get. 
I hope this summary of this clinical report helps. I hope this makes you feel like you can take a load off too. And when you can't afford it or when you need a break and your kids need to take off some time, use this data to your benefit. The reality is, (laughs) as in sports, as in life, parenting is such a high stakes job. But the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 